What's up guys, Rick here, and this is an emergency. The Charles Schwab Challenge pricing has dropped on DraftKings probably, I don't know, a half an hour ago. Uh, so I scurried around and I loaded it into my site, rickrungood.com, and I'm ready to break this down with you. I've been preparing for this moment. I did a, a little bit of a larger preview video last week without knowing what the pricing is going to be, but now we can really dive deep into this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm going to give away a few memberships to celebrate uh, to my site, rickrungood.com, which is where all the tools you'll see in this video, extensive uh, golf database in general, specifically towards fantasy, towards golf betting, a lot of new great things uh, I've been working on in the past three months. So I'm really excited to show you some of those today and then also in future videos. So I'm going to uh, allow you to enter a draw. So you'll enter a draw for, I don't know, I'll pick a handful of monthly memberships to rickrungood.com. So there's two ways to get into this draw on the video version on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Make sure that you like this video and comment below with who you think is going to win the Charles Schwab challenge. The other way and the easier way to win because fewer people will do this is to go leave a podcast review wherever you get your podcast on Apple iTunes. If you're, if you're over there, leave a five star rating and review on the 300 yards to unknown podcast. It's this podcast feed. It's by Rick Rungood. You can search uh, either one of those and come across it. Uh, I will also link it in the description. Leave a, uh, a five star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and then leave me a way to get in touch with you, preferably your Twitter ha Twitter handle. And I will draw a few guys or a few names, not necessarily guys, uh, to get access to a month of, of uh, rickrungood.com, which I know you'll enjoy. All right, let's dive into this because this is three months in the waiting and I can't take it any longer. All right, let's go and let's start with the key stats for Colonial. So I'm going to explain this uh, for a couple of reasons. One, if you're new and you're and you're uh, joining in to play golf on DraftKings, uh, welcome. There's a millionaire maker. Golf is the best fantasy sport that there is. Uh, and also, it's been three months since we've done one of these preview videos. You might forget uh, what this tool is. So this is the key stats tool, which is a way to look at every single course on the PGA Tour and look back and see which types of players have had success at that course. It is a regression model that basically creates player profiles. Hey, the guys that are great around the green or great drivers of the golf ball, did they find success at each and every one of uh, the PGA Tour courses? And then I rank them. So the way this reads is on the far right-hand side, strokes gained around the green was the was now I'm going to confuse myself. It's been three months. Uh, ranks 29th out of 50th on the PGA Tour, meaning 28 courses where 
strokes gained around the green is more important. So if, if that number is one, it means that that stat is more important here at this course than any other course. Now, what you'll notice is there are not a lot of stats that jump out as being super critically important at Colonial, which to me d really translates to almost anybody can win here. Uh, you know, we've seen Kevin Na win here. We've seen Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth. Um, I'll go back through the, the past champions, but like, it's been a pretty good mix of different types of players that have found success. And it's not limited to just winning, right? It's, it's relative to success here. Uh, and to, to combine the fact that there is not a, a bunch of, uh, key stats that jump off the screen with the fact that we are coming off of a three month break where we have no idea how much a lot of these guys have been playing. You're going to get a incredibly, uh, big embracement of volatility this week and probably the first couple weeks on the PGA Tour. That is not a knock against Rory or John Rahm or all these guys I'd love to roster and love to bet in outright. I just think that um, now more than ever, I want to embrace the volatility. I want to avoid the chalk. So um, just kind of looking through these key stats, really nothing pops off here. Uh, I mean, total putting ranked seventh out of 50th 50 courses, but you know, total putting in itself is kind of a flawed stat. I do think it is interesting that, um, strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting while they are not necessarily, um, super important here at colonial compared to other courses on the PGA tour, that those are the two most important of the common stats. Uh, they're both short game stats, which is pretty interesting. So while we're here, uh, let me at least show you the guys who lead the tour or lead this field, excuse me, in strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting Jason day, who's $8,300 leads the tour by far in strokes gained around the green. Keep in mind that is only eight measured rounds. Um, someone like Brant Snedeker, who's $7,800, who is not only tops in the field in around the green, but he's also near the top in uh, strokes gained putting is a very, very good combination. So if you add these up and call it strokes gained short game, um, you know, Snedeker would probably be the top guy in this field right behind him. $7,100. Eric Van Ruin uh, is, is also very good in both of those statistical categories. Benny on one of my favorite golfers to roster. We know great around the greens, terrible on the greens. So um, if you're looking for a combination of, of both of those things, the, the guys that jump out the most would be someone like Snedeker, EVR, Eric Van Ruin, um, Steve Stricker would be okay, but for $6,200 and not much else going on there, I can't imagine you're going to roster too much of Steve Stricker. And of course, Webb Simpson, um, you know, Webb is okay around the greens. He's probably top 20 in this field around the greens, but he's probably top. I don't know. Let's do it. Five in strokes gain putting. Let's see uh, a little bit deeper than that. He's like eighth in this field. Um, so that, that's a, that's a pretty interesting combination. The short game stuff. And I, and I do think there's something to that. I guess we could look at this both ways. I think a three month stretch, um, short games are generally going to be worse for players. You know, uh, things that are difficult to practice, things that are difficult to, um, just flip a switch on are those feel shots. You know, it's easy to hit a bunch of full swing drivers into a simulator over the break. It's not necessarily easy to get on a course with tour conditions and practice all of your awkward in between shots around the green. And they're going to be rolling into the grain and stuff like that. Things, those are much more difficult to replicate. So I could see this both ways. You could say 
stock up on short game players because even if they come down a little bit and they're a little rusty, they're still better than the rest of the field? Or does this level the playing field out and uh, make it so that the short game guys like, hey, they're going to be rusty. Everybody's going to be rusty. I don't know. I I lean on the side of maybe, uh, you know, those, those guys that I named. EVR, Snedeker, uh, and Webb Simpson, I probably like more than I don't because of the combination of the most common stats being short game stats, the fact that they're both really good at it. And I think that post-break, that is a really important area of the game. So I want to get the best guys, even if everyone is going to be a little bit rusty. Now, new for... Uh, I shouldn't say new for 2020, new for the second half of 2020, I've created a custom model that you can use and you can put in your own things. So for example, um, what I would do is I would, I would take in this, uh, this key stat model, the stats that are most important, uh, at colonial. And I would go over to this custom model that I built and there are currently, I think there's 29 stats that you can add weights to at the moment. This is growing, obviously. Um, There's a lot more stats that I can add into this. And and this is kind of a beta test. You know, this is part one here. Let me roll this out, make sure everything looks good. And then I'll go from there. So normally in a given week, you know, I'm a big strokes gain T to green guy. So of my 100 weights that I can allocate, um, you know, I might put 40 of them on strokes gain T to green, and I might not put anything on putting or around the green. But but I'll be frank with you, this week I kind of do. So maybe I want to do 12 on around the green and 12 on putting. So what does that leave me with? It leaves me with 36. Um, okay, I'm also going to add, I want par fours. This is a par 70. Colonial is the third most difficult par 70 on the PGA Tour last year. The seventh most difficult course on tour in general. So without the two par fives, those are two par fours. Uh, So there's more par fours than your standard par 72. So I'm going to go with par four scoring. And then I have 11 uh, weights left to mess with. Now I could just kind of do, you know, I could scatter shot them around, but I'm just going to throw them on. um, I don't want to double down on strokes gain T to green with adding, you know, strokes gain approach or anything like that. So let's just go with driving distance. Uh, Not necessarily a prerequisite, but always something that comes in handy. And I'm going to run this model. And then I want to sort by my score. And in our world, um, score low, low scores are better here. Uh, and that is designated by the green mark next to it. So in that model that I just created, um, you know, in the last couple of seconds, Bryson DeChambeau ranks number one in that model. He's $10,100. Uh, you can kind of see why, you know, he's elite off the tee. He's top 10 in strokes gained tee to green. Uh, obviously a very good player. Roy McElroy is next. And there's that name, Webb Simpson again. $9,800 Webb Simpson. Um, doesn't really get it done off the tee, but is excellent everywhere else. He's already a winner on tour. Then you start to see some more common names like we would expect. All of the all of the you know 10K guys are, are here. Um, Rom is fourth. Thomas is fifth. And then you get Harris English, uh, who is only $7,500 and ranked 155th in the world. He's sixth in this model. It's kind of interesting, kind of noteworthy. Um, he, he doesn't do anything at an elite level, but you can see, I mean, 28th off the tee, 41st on approach, 69th around the green, and then 39th in putting. Uh, that lends to being 
18th teeter green and 11th in strokes gain total. So he does it in all categories and he has one of the larger sample sizes this season. Kind of interesting to, to note there. So this is just my model that I threw together. Obviously I encourage you to come out and, 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 and mess around with this until your heart is content. I, I, I love the idea of this and, and more stats to, to certainly come. Um, let's run over to the cheat sheet here. And this is normally where we would start our week and we would roll through here. Can I zoom this in a little bit? Let's try. Yeah, let's try that. Make it a little bigger for you. Um, this is to me where I would normally kind of start the week a, a really good place. And you can see the salaries are now loaded in. But if you wanted to see everybody in, you know, everybody on the tour, whether they're in this field or not, you know, you could you can go grab the 442 guys that I have stats for. Uh, for this season, or you can just sort by this field. Um, now, I, I mentioned this in the video that I did uh, a couple of days ago. It's hard to bank on that recent form. Obviously, with a three-month break, you know there is no quote-unquote momentum going for a lot of these guys. It is difficult to say. Well, you know, Rory's got seven straight top fives coming in. I think he's going to do it again. He certainly could. He's Rory McIlroy, right? Like you should just look at him and say he's the best player in the world. That's why I want to play him as opposed to saying I want to do it because it's seven straight top tens. But um, as mentioned, the the exposure that I'm going to have to the top guys will almost sh completely be um, dictated by their projected ownership. And as the week goes on, as we get more information, uh, there will be another column here that projects the ownership for every single one of these players. So that'll be coming later uh, as we get closer to the event still now, what, nine, eight days out. Um, so the reason that it is almost purely a game theory situation for me is the volatility that I expect. I expect like colonial week this week to be the most volatile week in in recent memory or at least the the components of the situation that we're in should lead to a very cr like crazy week in terms of trying to decide who's going to be good and who's not so i will look at this later in the week and, and i love all of these guys right there's a reason they're priced over 10k i think bryson is like i'll bet bryson every single week outright from here for the next 14 months uh, Rory is obviously Rory Rom and Justin Thomas. No problems with any of these guys. You know, Rom's got two top fives here in the last three years. Um, so I, I, I think I'm just going to kind of let the ownership uh, lead me on which one of these guys. And if any of them get over, I don't know, 20 percent, I couldn't conceivably roster them. I think that would be a mistake, um, but I would bet them outright. Kind of a different situation. We, I, I, I'd be interested to see what this what this Webb Simpson ownership is going to be. So here's Webb. Uh, obviously, has already won at the Waste Management. Comes up well in my in my custom model. Um, fifth place in 2017, third place in 2016. He did miss the cut in his most recent trip, which was two years ago. But uh, Webb is just so good and and very underrated. Um, a couple of things that stand out. Uh, I was surprised to see Morikawa was 9100. And I was trying to think if we've seen a price tag on Morikawa like this um, for, you know, in recent memory. And I went over to his player profile. So this is a, a, a revamped version of, of this tool, a little, a little bit more visual. I, I, I like this a lot. Um, and we'll pull up Morikawa. And you can see. So he was um, 
the Players' Championship, he was 7,900. He was 8,400 the week before at Arnold Palmer, 85, 81 before that. So it was waste management was the last time we saw him uh, priced like this. He was $9,200. So um, this is a very expensive version of Colin Morikawa, obviously much different than when he kind of first broke into, into these fields and he was – 67 to 7,900 in his first five or six starts. Um, we are a long way away from that. He's now a winner on the PGA Tour. I I, I think a lot of people are going to opt to take Morikawa here. It'll be it'll be very interesting. I think it's a little a little bit too expensive, but I do love the kid. Um, Rose, again, go watch that other video. I I will have significant exposure to Justin Rose in almost. Uh, in almost every aspect, quite frankly, I, I'm just, I'm just buying it right now. He is, he is the 2018 champion who is, who had three months to switch clubs and he has basically been awesome out. Actually, I'll just show this to you really, really quick here. Um, trying to think to where I want to take you. Let's go to the strokes gain database and I'll just show you Justin Rose really quick because this will take me back to 2015. Um, the visual that I want to show you here is his ball striking when I scroll down um, all, all the way back to 2015 and look at off the tee, he's basically only lost strokes off the tee in like eight events uh, between like 2015 and the end of 2019. And then you look towards his most recent run, his last nine events, he lost strokes off the tee seven of those nine events and only eight times previously in like the other 50 events I have on him or something like that. So uh, very uncharacteristic. Obviously that is why he changed clubs and I will be uh, a significant investor in Justin Rose. Uh, again, uh, I will have an outright on him. I will uh, have him in a lot of lineups. I assume um, I'm, I'm, I'm buying a hard refresh from Justin Rose at the moment. And then the other guy that fits that mold. And um, I have been a Jordan Spieth hater. I have been telling you, uh, do not play Jordan Spieth. I, I have to wait and see on Jordan Spieth for a very long time. Uh, I, I think now there is, there is one time to invest in Jordan Spieth, and it's, I think it is right now. He's $8,000. He likely benefits from a three-month break, and then he is going to show up at a course that he – one in 2016, bookended it with seconds in 15 and 17, and finished eighth last year. Um, if anybody was working really hard during the break, it's Spieth. And now I think the situation has turned itself into uh, I, I would rather be early than late on Spieth instead of being late, which was my mindset three or four months ago. A couple other things. Um, Scotty Scheffler is $8,400. I think that is a really good price for a guy who makes a ton of birdies and eagles. Let me see if I can pull him up here. This is the value matrix. This is actually a free tool. Um, you can pull this up anytime you want here. Let me see if I can find him real quick. He's listed as Scott Scheffler. That's what threw me off, not Scotty. Okay, so here's Scott Scheffler. Um, you can see, you know, has hovered in the 7,700, 7,100, 7,400 the last couple of weeks and returned uh, last couple of weeks. This was three months ago, by the way, but you, the last three starts, but has returned, you know, 10 times value, 11 times value and nine times value. And you can see going back further than that, um, I mean, he hits that double digit value number a lot because Scotty Scheffler makes a lot of birdies. He also makes a lot of Eagles. 
Uh, he also makes a lot of bogeys, right? Like that's, uh, it, it's better for DraftKings scoring than it is for the actual tournament. Even though I have so much, uh, optimism that Scotty Scheffler is going to win a lot of golf tournaments in his career. Hasn't done it yet. That's okay. He's still a young guy. He will be in Texas, his home state, trying to take down colonial this week. Who else? Uh, always a big fan of Kevin. Na. Um, I expect, you know, here's Joel Damon at $7,500 back-to-back top fives before the break. And he's been on the radar because we saw him play a mini tour event a couple of weeks ago, the Scottsdale, Arizona open. He did not win it, uh, which is really, I guess the, the expectation you put on the 70th ranked player in the world playing in a mini tour event. It's kind of like tiger 2000. It's either he won it or he didn't. Uh, he did not win that event, but he was, I think tied for the lead through two days. He played just fine. Um, that's the, 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 the showing you would expect to see from Joel Damon. And he's priced right there at, at 7,500 with Max Homa, who's now coming in with five straight, Top 25 finishes. Um, Here's Harris English, by the way. English popped up on that model that I made. His last three starts before the break were 16th at Waste Management, 17th at Honda, and 9th at API. So uh, as this week goes on, I will probably continue to talk myself into uh, Harris English. Ryan Palmer, member at Colonial. This is kind of a weird situation, a little bit of an anecdote. I guess, you know, this is kind of away from the stats, although the guy finished third here in 2016 and and sixth in 2019. But there is a quote from Ryan Palmer out there that's basically like, yeah, I'm a member at Colonial, but when we get here on tournament week, it's kind of weird. You know, I don't see it every day with grandstands and media and all this other crazy stuff going on. And it kind of like messes with his eye a little bit. Um, Well, if there was ever a time for Ryan Palmer to play his home course, wouldn't it be when there's no grandstands, no fans, none of all that? Like this is going to be another another rounds, you know, another another four days for him at a course that uh, should look exactly like he expects it to look. So you know, a little bit of an anecdote there for for Ryan Palmer. Uh, pretty interested in investing. Uh, here's Eric Van Ruin. I mentioned him. He he popped up a, a little bit earlier with the short game stuff. He's coming off that third place at WGC Mexico. Did miss the cut at Honda. He's only $7,100. The usual suspects, right? I mean, I, I scrolled past Benny on team no putt. Uh, Keegan Bradley, team no putt. Corey Connors, team no putt. Um, I was doing a little research in the break. Uh, a bad putter is twice as likely to show up in the top 20 of putting for a single event uh, than any other stat is to show up in the top 20. So for example, Keegan, notorious bad putter, twice as likely to finish a tournament in the top 20 of strokes gained putting than someone like, I don't know, who's a bad off the tee guy, Andrew Putnam, uh, to show up in the top 20 of strokes gained off the tee for a, a single week. So that is why I am team no putt. So those guys are almost always going to be sprinkled in to my lineups. I'm always going to have some level of exposure to them, trying to catch them on the week that they do pop off. It happens about 16% of the time compared to 8% of the time for most of the other strokes gained statistics. Uh, Sal Vetri, my buddy, already pointed this out to me on Twitter uh, when, when these when the pricing dropped and it is Lonto Griffin at $6,900. And when Lonto is under 7k, which he is almost always under 7k, the guy finds a way to return value. So let me see if I can pull this up here. So I'll do Lonto 
when he is $7,000 or cheaper. Um, and it's it's a lot, but uh, basically what he returns on average is 8.6 times value. And you can see he had a really good stretch from Travelers till API. Every time he was, uh, that would have been Travelers of a couple of years ago, 2018. Every time he's under 7,000, uh, he hit at least nine times value. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of his last 10 times here. So uh, we know his upside. You know, he won Houston, which I mean, feels like a million years ago, but it, it really wasn't all that long ago. Um, and then, you know, rattled off a bunch of top 20s in a row. Here he is at $6,900. I assume there is going to be, um, I, I don't know how many people are going to be on. I mean, I, I, I like Lonto. I play him a lot. I know Varner, who's at the same price. He he garners a lot more attention um, than than someone like Lonto does. So we'll see what that ownership checks in at. Now I'm looking for a very specific name because I saw the odds. Yeah, all right. Um, this is a pretty. This might. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Jazz Jaina Wadanand is thirty. Is is he is sixty five hundred dollars? Which I mean, we are getting into the range of. Tom Lewis, Nate Lashley, Matt Jones, no offense to those guys. We are getting towards the bottom of this pricing list here. Uh, Jazz Jaina Wananand is the 39th ranked player in the world. He is cheaper on DraftKings uh, than Chris Kirk, who is currently ranked 511th, and just about every guy who is in the 100 and 200s of the world ranks. Now, yes, I understand that he... Missed the cut the last time we saw him, which was API. Um, he's only played Colonial once, which was three years ago. He missed the cut. He doesn't have a lot of great results coming into this. But again, it's been three months. Um, he's ranked 39th in the world for a reason. Like I understand he doesn't play a ton of events and have a, lot, a ton of great success on the PGA Tour. But he plays, you know, he plays great around the world. And also, he's been over here. He's been grinding. Um, he's been playing a lot of mini tour golf. I would venture to say, I'm just, I'm scanning the rest of these names before I finish this sentence. I would venture to say he has played more competitive rounds during this break than maybe anybody else. I mean, I, I see him in a mini tour all the time, and a lot of these guys I ha- we haven't seen anywhere. So I'm not sure that that's much of a of, of an exaggeration. Um, so, so jazz Jaina want on $6,500 might be about as low as I would want to go, uh, in this, in this field, you know, there's, there's some names down here, you know, Andrew Landry's a guy that I always like for like one or two rounds at a time. It's always hard to get him for four. Um, you know, KH Lee was playing well before, uh, before the break, he had a 13th and a 14th back to back at what would that have been? Oh, I lost my scroll here. Um, I don't know. 13th and 14th, and then an 38th and a 42nd. That would have been Genesis and Puerto Rico Open for those 13th and 14th for KH Lee. So uh, not bad. You know, he's not a great approach player, but he does gain. He is a positive player in the three other strokes gain categories. So uh, I wouldn't kill you for going down that low, but I'll, I'll probably stop at Jazzy J at 6,500 and go from there. So... There's a lot going on this week. Uh, there's a lot of time to do research. There are massive prize pools all over the place. Again, the 
easiest way that I think to do research and find all this data is rickrungood.com. I'm adding a bunch more data kind of as we speak and making updates to all of these tools now that I have live salaries to play with again and get all this stuff updated. So it is going to be a hell of a run for the next 14 months or so. I mean, there's like no more break for golf for like 15 months. This is going to be unbelievable. And it starts with a Millie maker on DraftKings. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Tweet me. It's at Rick run good. And I'll talk to you soon.